Child, I don't know if you realize this or not, but Woman Evolve is a full-blown movement. Everything from faith, fashion, to fun, we've got you covered. Visit womanevolve.com and learn how you can get involved with the Woman Evolve movement. God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity. You need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes. I don't need your validation. All I need is a God fighting for me that says all things, all things, all things. Child, it's that time of the week. Child, what have you been up to? Listen, you are tuning in to that 10th episode of the Woman Evolve podcast. I don't know about you, but this has become one of my favorite times of the week. If you are just now joining us, where have you been? Listen, Woman Evolve is where we come together. We let our petty out just a little, but then we let our Holy Ghost snatch it right on up, and we challenge ourselves to grow, become wiser, better, and stronger together. It's not just me here either. I am being joined online by my Facebook co-host, literally tuning in from all over the world. I have friends on Facebook who are going to be giving me their insights and opinions about whatever topics we cover this week. And let me tell you, I'm pretty excited to get into them. So before we get into our topics, though, I'd like to shout out some of my Facebook Live audience. I've got LaShonda tuning in from Pineville, Louisiana. I've got Dawn tuning in from Germany. We international around here. What you know about that? I got Nicole tuning in from Cincinnati. Janelle tuning in from Houston, literally from all over the world. We've got friends and family tuning in, ready to evolve. Chicago's in the building. New York. City is in the spot. I see Denver, Colorado, Los Angeles, Austin, Texas. Basically, a little piece of the entire world is listening to Woman Evolve podcast. So before we get into this week's topics, I like to take a minute and just update you all on how your girl is doing. Okay. Uh, your girl got a new wig. Praise the Lord. She's got bangs. It's a bang wig. I have a bang ministry. Bang, bang ministry. Won't he do it? God is so faithful. I ordered this wig. First of all, Instagram knows me at this point. They know how to get me. They know how to distract me. They know how to make just my coins. They know how to make them disappear. And they be popping up in my timeline with all of these different lace front, lace silk top, just all these different units. Okay, listen. And so I have this new bang ministry that I believe is the will of the Lord for my life. I like the way she looks. I like the way she's been treating me. She fits perfectly. She allowed me to get my head tilt, head shake going on Sunday. Won't he do it? I ordered this one on Instagram and her name is Laced by Lay. That's Lay with L-A-Y-Y and it's bomb. And you all, if you have a wig ministry like I have a wig ministry, I want to encourage you all to partake in it, okay? How about that? So beyond that, I've been going to Orange Theory. Last week, I went to Orange Theory six times. I don't know what my life is about. Here's the thing. I think that I have been going to Orange Theory so frequently and so often because I don't want to go at all. I don't know if I'm the only one who's like an all or nothing type of person, but for me, I like to go 
like all of the time or when I don't go, I can talk myself out of not going. So I have been dragging myself in there every single week. And it's not fun. It's not what I consider fun. Some people like working out. They love it. It's their thing. They have so much fun. It's not my thing. I like the results. I like feeling better in my clothes. But all in all, fun for me is like taking naps. I think naps are the most fun that one can ever have. Uh, fun for me is eating. I am, And not salad. I like to eat. I like to cook. And then I like to eat. Okay, that's fun for me. You know what's fun? Cake. Uh, you know what else is fun? Cookies. You know what else is fun? Chick-fil-A. I don't think I've ever had any more fun than going to Chick-fil-A. Butter cake is fun. You get the point. But whatever, I've been going. And I just want to shout out to all of the people who have been hitting me up because they have been going to Orange Theory as well. Listen, you're going to love me and hate me. Jenna, literally, Jenna, one of my Facebook Live co-hosts, just said, I recently signed up because of you. Have you had your first class? Have, have you had your first class yet? How is it going? Okay. Is it is it changing your life? It's, um. let me tell you, before going to Orange Theory, I did not really enjoy running. I'm not going to say that I'm ready to be in the Olympics, but I can run more now than before I started running. I would get out of breath. My coordination, my rhythm was all wrong. I'm not saying that, once again, that I'm ready to be in the Olympics, but what I am saying is this. I can run a bit better than before. And I know that that is a result of Orange Theory. So I just want to encourage those of you who are on the struggle bus like I am to not be uh, deceived into thinking that me going to Orange Theory six times this week is me leaving the struggle bus. As a matter of fact, this is ensuring my spot on the struggle bus because if I ease up at all, I know me, I know my life. I'm just going to eat any and everything that I can. Okay. Christina understands what I'm talking about. She says she is a foodie, too. Brandy Miller's just glad she finally caught a live session. What up, though? How you doing? <laughs> DeJalon said, I've been avoiding running for years. It's terrible. You know, I, I think um, the way my body is set up, it's just too much of me to just be hitting pavement and stuff just over and over again. I got big legs and stuff. And like, that, it's just too much. It's just too much. Cassandra says she's thinking of joining Orange Theory. Child, you know, I, you know what? This is what I will say to everyone thinking of joining. I want you all to go to a free class. They have free classes before you sign up. And that ought to tell you something about how they believe in themselves, but also how they know it's not for everyone. They won't e You don't even have to pay. Just go in for free, see how you like it, and then DM me. Let me know how you feel about it. Narcissa said, I ate a carrot cake and pecan pie at work. That's balance, okay? Carrot is a vegetable, okay? And pecans, do, mm, is, pecans have protein in them and stuff. Was it good? You ate it now. It ain't nothing you can do about it. That's what I tell myself. Listen, when I'm sitting up being fat and then I get finished being fat and I say to myself, you know what? That was probably too far. I say, it ain't nothing I can do about it now, but move forward. So I hope you enjoyed that carrot cake and pecan pie. And now I want you to forget those things that are behind and press towards it. it ain't nothing you can do about it. Let it go, child. Let it go. Okay. D-Gun says, I'm trying to just try to just dance instead. Same workout. Yeah, I, you know what? I actually like those dance workout Instagram videos I be seeing. I don't have no rhythm, really. Um, so it would be nice to learn. It would be nice to learn some type of rhythm by attending a dance class. So that's beautiful. Let's see. Karina said, I feel a sponsorship coming. They need to know you putting folk on. They do need to know. 
listen, put me down on your referral net when you sign up, okay? Tell them I sent you. And then I'm going to tell them, go check the check the receipts, all right? Okay, I'm moving on, but I do want to just shout out Tiffany Robertson said, I made a homemade pound cake and I ate it. No regrets here. And that's how you got to live your life. And Shanique wants to know what happened in kickboxing. I was doing kickboxing in California. Now that we live in Denver, Orange Theory is closer for me. So, and let me tell you, okay, I'm moving on because you know how we get when we get to talking about stuff. Here's the thing. I really do enjoy kickboxing. What I like about Orange Theory is that it is weightlifting and cardio, whereas kickboxing is just cardio. You know, I like to get my swole on every now and then. I like to have a little definition in my arm, a few muscles and things. And so Orange Theory allows me to do both of those. All right, praise the Lord. Okay, Rescue Eve. Who's excited about it? You've been tagging me. You've been posting things on my page. You've been telling me over and over again, we need to rescue people. And I have a few people that I would like to submit for your consideration. First of all, here's the thing. All right. So Rescue Eve is our opportunity to take someone who is being uh, dragged, ridiculed, made fun of in some capacity in the news, and to show a level of empathy and compassion towards them. You know, I have been studying and praying, and Eve, Eve is quickly becoming one of my favorite characters, one of my favorite women in the Bible, because Eve messed up. We know. She caused us some struggle. We know that. But you know what I love about Eve is that Eve reminds me of myself because I have messed up. I have struggled. I have done some things I should not have done and knew better when doing them, but did them anyway. And so for us, Rescue Eve is when we take someone who may have known better in the moment, but for some reason that we cannot fully understand, they did not make that choice. And so we want to show a little compassion towards them. That's what we call rescuing Eve. And you all have been sending me people to rescue, which I am grateful for. Because sometimes when I try to rescue people, y'all fire me. Okay, so here's the thing. All right. Rescue Eve for this week. I've got a few of them. I don't know if we're going to get to all of them, but I am going to submit them. The first one. All right. Now keep your mind somewhat open. Okay. All right. Don't be so quick to judge. Yes, there it's wrong. It's not great. All right. But it's just something to consider. All right. Here's the thing. All right. Ready? Praise the Lord. Daycare workers give children gummy bears to get them to calm down before nap time. Three daycare workers in the suburban Chicago area are managing a two-year-old classroom. And as a part of managing this two-year-old classroom around nap time, mandatory nap time, they have been giving the children gummy bears laced with melatonin. Melatonin is natural, okay? Obviously, this is not ideal, okay? And so they have been uh, arrested and charged because you can't give other people's children drugs. Absolutely not. Just not going to work for me in any capacity. I want to know if anyone who has a two-year-old or anything like that, I was, somebody DM'd me and said that they understand that it wasn't right, but they also suggested that there have been moments where their children needed a little Benadryl. And I, you know, I cannot fully understand. First of all, I would not work at a daycare. I don't have anything against 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 children. Okay, I have six of them, 
but I know me. And children would have something against me if I worked at a daycare. You know, I love my children and I love most people's children. I love everybody the way that Jesus is supposed to love them. But like, I would not be able to work at a daycare. I could work at McDonald's. I could work at Chick-fil-A. I could be a receptionist. You know, like I could work anywhere. I don't mind working. Working is for me, okay? If you don't work, you don't eat. That is my thing, okay? But uh, I would not work at a daycare because you got to know what's down on the inside of you. So I need to understand why this was submitted as someone we should rescue in my DMs. Because if you sign up to work at a daycare and the two-year-olds don't want to go to sleep, well, child, you must like playing with two-year-olds when you, you know, signed up to work here. I need to know if anyone at all is willing to rescue them. You know, um, for me, I couldn't even see myself in that position, you know. Ramisha said, no, there would have been some smoke in the city. All right. Kelly West says, I'm a daycare provider and I say, no, you knew what you were saying. Exactly. Kelly, that's all I'm saying. When you decided to work at a daycare, you had to have known them kids may or may not. I have a two-year-old. She basically does what she would like to do whenever she would like to do it until I tell her that we don't run on her schedule like that. But for the most part, you know, she kind of runs her life. Um, let's see. Ebony says, I gave my three-year-old, my three-year-old son, uh, the devil. Ebony said, I gave my three-year-old son melatonin last night because I cannot with this time difference. But his teacher, no, ma'am, you better get to singing lullaby. You know what, Ebony? There, there it is. Praise the Lord. It's my, it's my decision. Okay? It's no one else's choice but mine. If you need some, t- some help adjusting to the time difference or you missed your nap at church today and you need just a little warm milk, a little hot toddy, a little something to help you calm down, that's my decision. But I cannot even imagine someone else taking it upon themselves to make that a part of their routine and caring for my child. I can't. Close your eyes with me. I can't imagine it. I cannot see it. Meg says, no one should take melatonin on a regular basis because it'll mess you up. Nope, don't give it to my baby. Can I say this? Um, I don't need melatonin, and I thank God for that. I'm asleep right now. It sounds like I'm recording, but I, when I tell you God has blessed me with the ministry of sleep, I'm telling you that I am exceedingly abundantly blessed in that ministry. I don't need any melatonin, but some other saints do. So I'm going to definitely reply to this DM. It doesn't look like we're going to be able to rescue these three sisters in the Lord. Okay, so maybe we cannot rescue them fully. Can we give them a life jacket? Would anyone like to consider that? Jamie always smiling says, I have a four-year-old and his teacher better not make a decision like that for my child. I'd have to be rescued and we would rescue you. We would completely understand. Jasmine says, I have a two-year-old and I have also worked in a daycare in the past, so I feel their pain, but that was just unacceptable. See, and once again, Jasmine, you bring up an interesting point because I can't, I can't imagine it, okay? I cannot. I just wouldn't. I know, I know me. I couldn't work at the daycare. D says melatonin doesn't even work all the time, so they must do that often. Yeah, I think it was like a part of their routine. And okay. 
Denise Rodriguez, I'm going to end it right here because she and Patricia, I like this. All right, praise the Lord. We can't rescue them fully. The way our ship is set up, it's limited space today, and we're not going to be able to rescue everybody. But the daycare workers are in luck because we actually have a few extra life jackets. We're going to throw them some life jackets. We're going to move on to the next subject, and we're going to take that win. We're going to give them life jackets, okay, because... Because everyone has to be rescued, but not everyone has to be totally saved. Is that it? Is that what we're going to do? All right. Praise the Lord. All right. Okay, so we're not able to rescue them. That's all right. Tiffany Lynn, you actually, I'm going to move on, but she asked a question. She said, how did they get caught? And that is what the news article did not express to us. You know what? Actually, I'm lying. But I'm about to fix it so it ain't no lie no more. Tiffany, what happened was the manager reported them. So I don't know if she had some cameras or she snuck in there or found the gummy bears or whatever. But the manager reported them. And she, the manager probably needs to be hell married because what the manager said is, you ain't finna mess up my coins. I'm turning you right on in, okay? So the manager ended up sending them in to the good old Popo station where they are being dealt with according to the laws of this land, Okay. So it wasn't the best decision, but, you know, I can understand maybe how you could end up trying to get a two-year, a multitude of two-year-olds to go to sleep, but you just can't work at a daycare if you need to, to drug them because that's not, that's not appropriate. Okay. So here's the thing. All right. We're going to move on from there and we're moving on to our next rescue. All right. Ease your mind. Let's let the daycare workers go. They have their life jackets. I believe, God, that they can swim. I believe that their calf muscles are strong. We're going to leave them right there. But we're going to move on to our next one. And this one, I think, is really... It's really tough for me. Uh, I had some time this weekend because uh, on Saturday... What I do on Saturday, child? Nothing, basically. On Saturday, I, and I studied studying was really important. Once the word had got down in my spirit real good, I had a little television time. And you know, I like to watch Ayana because I'm all about fixing people's life. I'm all about getting my life fixed. I'm all about helping people and doing whatever I can to see people win. So I enjoy Ayanla. I think that she has a different approach. I'm not sure that her approach could work for everyone, but I do think that when it does work for people, it works very well. Uh, having said that, it did not work very well on the episode that I watched on Saturday. This is actually another rescue that slid into my DM box, so I wanted to watch it to get full context. Have you watched Ayanla? Did you see when Sister Ayanla tried to fix the life of Kamaya slash Alexis? I don't know if you've seen it. I want you to hit up that good old Google if you have not. Yes, this was the girl who was kidnapped at birth. She was eight hours old. Is that how we say it? She was eight hours old. All right. In the hospital. And someone kidnapped her. A woman kidnapped her and raised her as her own until she was like 16 or 17 years old. She asked that woman for her birth certificate so that she could apply for a job. And when she applied for when she asked her for the birth certificate, the woman broke down crying and then explained to her that she had been kidnapped. First of all, the trauma. Okay. And then after that, the uh, parents found her. She got reunited. Her 
the woman who raised her ended up going to prison or is in jail awaiting sentencing. And now she's trying to build a relationship with her biological parents. It's very complicated, very nuanced. Uh, Things took a turn, though, on this episode. And I don't know if you've seen it. But things took a turn, child. And I love Ayanla. It's She blesses me. I, you know, sometimes she says things that I don't think that I could say to people. And I think, you know, good for her. She can say it. But the episode start. I think it started off a bit choppy. You know, um, Erica says, I think she went too far. Some people have seen it. Erica Hillier said, yes, I watched it. Also, make sure you watch the After the Show video on YouTube. I would love to see that. Uh, Let's see. Troutman says she is screaming for help, but if she doesn't get help, she's going to jail. Listen, here's the thing. It took a turn. Okay, so, child, I don't know if you've seen it. So I'm going to break it down a little bit. If you don't want to know, pause, turn it off, move on. Here's the thing. So I think one of the very first things she asked the little girl when she sat down is, um, are you Alexis or are you Kamaya? You know, and the girl said she didn't have to choose. The thing is, the girl is confused. I don't know if we need to rescue Ayanla or do we need to rescue Kamaya slash Alexis? Can someone help me? Uh, Because on one hand, I think maybe we should rescue the girl because, oh, girl, you know, the little girl who was kidnapped, she she really, she really cussed Ayanla out, basically. Not even basically. That is reality. She really, actually, positively, absolutely cussed Ayanla out. There was no doubt about it. You know, I have never, ever talked to an adult that way out loud where they could hear it. Um, I have not always been... Pastor Sarah Jakes Roberts, as many of you know. So I'm not going to say that I've never had any thoughts run through my mind, you know, but I have also never been in a position where I felt like I was, well, that ain't true. I was finna lie, but the Lord called me before it even came out. When you're in a position where you feel like you don't have control over the outcome, it can make you very angry. When you feel like that you are being forced to to live and to respond in one particular way, and you're not in a place where you feel like that is the healthiest or most conducive way for you to respond, you can lash out very quickly. And what we saw is the girl really, really deciding, like, I can't lash out. Um, I can't handle this. Now, of course, you know, it was edited. We don't know what all happened, you know. And I do think that Ayanla is very well-intentioned. I think she desires to see people healed and whole. But something something happened. I need to go to my Facebook Live audience because, man, I would like to see what they thought about it. Kimberly says, baby girl needs some healing for sure. Ashley says, someone needs to get her help ASAP. No, Alexis needs to be. So we need to rescue Alexis. Is that, I want to make sure we know who we rescue. And I think we need to send a helicopter for her. Okay, I don't think she can just get a life jacket. Somebody need, we need, we either need to rescue. We don't have to choose, thus says the Lord. That's what I just heard. Okay, so 
we can rescue Ayanla for maybe not having the best approach considering this sensitive nature and also Alexis for responding the way that she did. Kaymanel said she wasn't ready. There needs to be some counseling. And I think it is very clear she was not ready. You know what I thought would have been an interesting approach is had... Um, there, there was a woman who was waiting. I guess she was going to wait until the end of the episode to introduce Kamaya slash Alexis to another woman who had been kidnapped so that she could kind of understand her own journey of connecting with her biological parents and reconciling her identity. Maybe we should have started there. I feel a word coming. When you're trying to help fix someone's life, whenever I'm trying to help fix someone's life, whether it's my children or someone I'm counseling, I like to start with commonality. I think that if we can start with commonality, when you can recognize that I am not attacking you, I am relating to you. I want to meet you on your level. I want to grab your hand and I want to show you a better way. I think that that is a, a way of building trust with whoever it is, is allowing you into an intimate part of their journey. Whenever someone opens up to you and they say, this is what's happening to me, this is how I feel, and I need your help, I need your perspective, I need your wisdom, I believe that we have a responsibility to be as, sen- to be as sensitive and delicate as we can with other people's wounds. This young girl is obviously bleeding. She's wounded. The woman she thinks is her mother isn't her mother, but she loves her just as if she was. And her biological mother is hurt that she still can. It's just so many complications. And I think the first thing should have been a foundation of love. If we can build with the foundation of love in church, in counseling, in relationships, in marriage, in friendship, let's build this from a foundation of love. Yes, we're going to have to grow. Yes, we're going to have to change. Yes, we're going to have to communicate. But if we can start from a place of love, then there's more opportunity for us to trust one another with our truest thoughts and feelings. So Kimberly Shuler says, it was a mess, but I'm going to rescue Ayanla. All right. She's going to rescue Ayanla. I totally understand because old girl went left on her. Okay. She went left. Let's see. Uh, Maureen says Ayanla method was too much into her face, but it's just a matter of time before that girl goes to jail. I t- Listen, um, I think I'm a lot better now, you know, but I've never been the kind of person where I could handle that right in the face kind of thing. That's mm-mm. the way my face is set up. My face likes to have some distance, you know, like if you're going to say something to me, I need you to find some sugar. I need you to sprinkle some sugar over it. And then I want you to serve me the truth and love. Some people all oh, know I'm brutally honest. You can take that brutal honesty somewhere else because you're going to be honest at the expense of me being hurt. And I'm not here. If you cannot be honest and be honest in a way of love, then I want you to keep your honesty bottled up down on the inside of you. That goes for comments. That goes for DMs. That goes goes for messages. That's just, I will block you. It's a block party, baby. Okay. You will get blocked in a minute because for me, you just don't know someone well enough to just be like, Hey, Hey, this is what you need to do. You know, that's, that's, that's my personal opinion. I want to see what Facebook is saying. Okay. says, but if you know the show, then you know, Yonla's method. She bring up a good point. I would not necessarily go on a Yanla show with the deepest, most intimate parts of my journey because she been then, you know, said or did something to me and I've been struggling, you know. Everybody's not ready for that. To just be all up in the business like that. 
Camila Cunningham says Iyanla was demanding respect she had not earned. I don't know. Is it just, I don't know. Maybe it's a, maybe it's something about us. I don't know. It's just, it's only, you have to understand what I'm saying. You have to be, some people can handle brutally honest, but there are some of us who like, you can't just just run up all up in our spot and just shoot the club up and tell us we're going to be all right like that. No, I'm going to need to know that you understand, this is what it is. I want to understand, I want to know that you understand how I feel before you tell me what I need to change. Maybe it's not realistic. Maybe, I don't know, but it's how it's how it works for me. I need you to understand why I was in the situation I was in. I can't just stand the judgment, you know, you, the, the whole clapping and snap out of it. It's just, that's just not my thing. Praise the Lord. All right. Natasha agrees. She says, right, you need to understand me first. Denise says, first, you have to establish a relationship with a loving foundation before you can be tough. That is so true. You know what else I ask people? When people ask me for my opinion, I say, do you want me to tell the truth? You know, because I need to know what you're really asking me for. If you're just venting and you just want to just vent yourself and, and just vent your little heart out and you want somebody to nod and shake their head and say it's going to be okay, I can do that. But when you start asking for an opinion, I want to know that you want to hear the truth. That doesn't mean I'm going to jack it up. That don't mean I'm going to jack you up with the truth. But what I want to understand is when you begin discussing how you feel that you're ready for whatever it is that I have to say in exchange. I think the little girl just need to talk. Uh, Camila, Camilla, what's her name? Yeah, Kamaya. Kamaya and Alexis, I think that they just, she needs to probably vent. Brittany Sweat, she brought up an interesting point. The mother, the biological mother, is the one who reached out to Ayanla and then didn't show up. That young girl's mom failed her. That's what Jaleesa Vasquez says. That young lady probably had no idea what she was going into. Yeah. I think, you know what? I think Ayanla had a unique opportunity, if the girl would have been open and receptive, to be the stand-in mother. You got one mom in jail. You've got another mother who rejected her. And I think everything that makes a mother just loving and nurturing and and supportive and kind, I think that she had an opportunity to first establish that connection with her and then move on. So let's rescue both of them. Can we do that? Can we rescue both of them, please? Because if we can rescue both of them, then we can get the helicopter full and we can move on to the next person. I believe that we're going to be able to rescue both of them. Someone says that we can send in the helicopter. Let's see. Carmen says that's one of the main reasons people run from the church because they receive judgment and correction before they receive love and restoration. It's a word. Put your finger up for what Carmen said. That right there is a word. Yeah, I think dealing with people's life is just hard. Narcissa says, I am not rescuing Ayanla. Sorry, praise the Lord. All right, that's all right. We're going, that's all right. You don't have to rescue her. We'll, we'll help. We'll help. We'll do what we can. Will you be mad at us for rescuing them if we do? I'll let you call me back on that. Kay Monell says, Ayanla shared her story of it too. Oh, of it somewhat happening to her. You are right about that. I think she could have been a little bit more detailed, but maybe she didn't necessarily want her business out there, or maybe it was edited out. Yeah, but even when she said that, it was just kind of like, you know how I know? Because I was, you know what I mean? And sometimes things need to be like velvet. 
They need to be smooth. They need to be warm. They need to be loving, you know, and not necessarily like a slap in the face. All right. Um, <laughs> Kayla says Jesus will rescue them. That's all right. Denise said we can rescue both of them. Thank you. Narcissa said if we rescue Ayala, she won't be mad. Thank you. You know, we're going to all try and get along. Definitely going to rescue baby girl because I've been in a situation before where it was like, leave me alone. It was a part I remember. I saw her eyes and I saw my eyes at the same time when I was watching on the show because she said, leave me alone. And I knew what she meant was actually and truly leave me alone. So praise the Lord. We're going to take those rescues while we can and move on because amen. I have one last rescue. I don't know if you all have even seen it, but a wrinkle in time is being dragged. Okay. A wrinkle in time is being drugged. A wrinkle in time is being drugged up. They're saying the saints are telling me that a wrinkle in time is not, is not. I don't want to say it's not great. But some of the saints are saying that a wrinkle in time is not that good. You know, and I just wanted to know if anyone has seen a wrinkle in time and can help me rescue because I have not seen a wrinkle in time. I have I had every intention of seeing a wrinkle in time, but Mackenzie Mackenzie needed to be rescued, Eve. Mackenzie was robbed of her ability to go see a wrinkle in time. Meg says, yes, rescue a wrinkle in time. Rebecca heard it was good. Oh, Rebecca, I want to know your friends. I want to know who you, because my maybe my friends is petty and they don't understand art and things because my friend, the people I follow on the Facebook and on the Twitter, they said it was not excellent. Shanice said it's getting bad reviews from adults, but kids and teens love it. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I was going to go see, I, I guess I was going to try and be a little, go and see it and be a little girl again, but... Uh, I guess it's not really for us like that. Candy brings up an interesting point, and she says, I think people may be still on the Black Panther high. You know, in Wakanda forever. You know, I don't know if it was a good idea or not the best idea to put it so close to Black Panther. On one hand, you have the idea of it being so close to Black Panther that we can keep the momentum of supporting Black films going. They're going to kill it, and then we're going to kill it, and then people are going to really come and support us. On another hand, Wakanda forever, you know? Black Panther. I wanted to go see Black Panther again this weekend. When Mackenzie started showing out, I thought to myself, Steph, you know what you can do? You can take yourself to the movies and go Wakanda forever and let her get her little life together and let her be Rescue Eve. But evidently, A Wrinkle in Time needs us to come together. Anisha Booker said, I agree. They set them up. Should have waited until June. Yeah, because do you know how good a movie was going to have to be for us to stop throwing up exes, talking about Wakanda forever? I, I walk around the house barking like M'Baku just because at my children. That's how it affected me so deeply. Erica said, Black Panther is for everybody, but A Wrinkle in Time is for kids. I don't know why, for some reason, I thought it was going to be for all of us. Crystal Grant says, many are saying that the film is totally against Christianity. Child, shut your mouth. I did not hear that. You can't come up against my Lord and Savior. I did, I haven't read A Wrinkle in Time, the book, so I I I literally had no idea to what to expect beyond Oprah with that lace front wig on and it being filmed in New Zealand and it just the makeup and clothes looking great. That's all I knew about it. But the saints are telling me that they're coming up against our Jesus. Is this true? 
Is it true? Michelle says, the church girl in me couldn't get with Wrinkle in Time. Talk more. Tell us. We have not seen. We did not understand. Can someone please help us? Glenetta says, I enjoyed the movie A Wrinkle in Time. That was my favorite book in which I read as a child. Praise the Lord. Can someone help us understand why they're saying it's coming up against Jesus and Christianity? Let's see. I want to know why we are saying a wrinkle in time was not was against Christianity. That's what I would like to understand. Can anyone help me? I know that the book was banned. Uh, Michelle says, I agree, not in line with Christianity. I saw witchcraft and sorcery. Somebody else said, if it's against Christianity, I won't see it. I may just try the book. I have not seen. Now, you know, sorcery, is it, are we talking like Cinderella sorcery? Or are we talking like Harry Potter sorcery? What kind of sorcery are we talking about? You know, Louise Frazier says it was a Christian story with scripture. They took out scripture. Shut your mouth. Child may, well, A Wrinkle in Time Witchcraft, oh, child, Can are we rescuing? Can we rescue the wrinkles in time? Time has no wrinkle, thus saith the Lord. I am time. Come on, somebody. Did anyone catch that? That wasn't a word. Nobody put their finger up. That's fine. So I guess, I don't even know if we, are we giving a wrinkle in time a life jacket? Some of the saints are saying it's against Christianity. Somebody said it was good. Uh, somebody said sorcery. And let me tell you, I don't play with sorcery. Can anyone help me? Figure that. Amber Smith, hopefully she's going to help us. She says, someone on my timeline said the following. To those of you that operate in the prophetic, you must go see A Wrinkle in Time. I am blown away about the way the prophetic manifested itself through this film. God is speaking for those who can hear. I haven't seen it. All right. So when you go see A Wrinkle in Time, don't ask for the 3D glasses. Ask for the prophetic glasses. Okay. Because evidently that's going to help us understand. Kim says it was a good movie. All right. All right. So Kay brings up a good point. We're going to review this at a later date. We're going to put this down. We're going to put it away. We don't know if we're going to rescue them or not, but right now they're treading on water and their legs are strong and we think that they're going to be all right. So we're going to wait and see the movie and then we're going to all get back to Woman Evolved Delegation. We're going to all huddle again and then really decide whether or not a time has a wrinkle in it or if the wrinkle in time has been ironed out. Okay. So, because I didn't know about the witchcraft and the sorceries, and I didn't know about, I didn't know about that before I tried to rescue them. And I know y'all been undragged me about trying to, um, to help the saints. But let me tell you something, Misa, Mbaku. All right. All right, so that is our Rescue E for this week. We've got the daycare workers who received life jackets, and that's about it. We hope they make it. We gave A Wrinkle in Time a life jacket as well because I haven't seen it, but it is getting dragged. But the saints say it deserves a bit of dragging because it's against Christianity, but someone else said it's prophetic. Basically, I am confused. Thank thank you, Internet, for that. We are rescuing Ayanla and Kamaya slash Alexis because, whew, that thing went left. And we're going to put them on a helicopter. They're going to get more than a life jacket. We're going to put them on a helicopter because they need immediate rescuing, okay? So we're going to leave that rescue eve right where it is. And we are going to move on to Hail Mary. 
For those of you who don't know, Hail Mary is our opportunity to shine a light on positivity, things that are happening in news and culture that are worthy of us taking a minute and celebrating. There are a few things that happened this week that I thought were worthy of us giving our Hail Mary to. I want to submit this to the Woman Evolve delegation. Ladies and gentlemen, here it goes. All right. Hail Mary. Can we give one to Meghan Markle? Why, you might say. Because, I answer. Because, just simply because, not only did she make one of her most important royal appearances with uh, the queen and she put that white hat on and tilted it to the side and just gave us eyelashes and smiles. I mean, she's just out here just, just walking right into royalty. Can we please... Can we please just one more time to Meghan Markle? I know we've given it to her before, but can we just one more time give it to Meghan Markle? I mean, she's just, you want to talk about sorcery. She's just sprinkling magic all down our timelines every time we see her, okay? She's just out here just being what she was called to be. She walked, let me tell you, it's a word. I feel a word coming. Meghan Markle met what I'm going to call is the love of her life because they're deciding to get married. And I think that that's beautiful. And she went through divorce. And when you go through divorce and you decide to get married again, it makes you choose differently. So I believe that this is the love of her life. And she learned from her last divorce and she chose wisely. And he just happened to be royalty. See, and if you are not careful, you will receive the blessing of the love and then be confused on how to handle the royalty. Not recognizing that if you were called to be in that relationship, then you were also called to be royalty. I just preach all up and down your earphones. I don't even know if you realized it. So here's the thing. Megan has been royalty. I would like to start calling her princess. Woman Evolved Delegation, can I submit that we begin calling her Princess Megan? It's done. It's already done. Is she going to be a princess or is it like a duchess or something? She's going to be a princess, right? Because she married, she married a prince. That make her a princess. Princess Megan. <sighs> princess Megan is just out here owning it. Dijalon, can you? I don't want to get fired. But she says the media is saying she's making a seamless transition. And I say yes, because she was already a queen. That's right, honey. When you are already a queen, do not be surprised when the world begins to recognize what you already knew was down on the inside of you. Hello. That is what she's doing. Megan said, I was a queen before I met this prince. Okay. Listen, I just know that Meghan Markle is just out here serving us goals and Slayage. I agree with you, Brittany. She says Princess Di would be so proud. I totally agree. I think that she just carries herself with such class. and she. But she still has that like down-to-earth feel where you feel like that you all could probably go to brunch and laugh. Is she one of our bougie friends? Well, I'm going delegation. I have a question. Is Princess Megan one of our bougie friends or one of our undercover ratchet fans? Is she an undercover ratchet friend? Do we believe that she may be just like us underneath it all? And that's why we are so drawn to her. I just don't get bougie from her. I just feel like she, like she eats French fries when she needs to. I, I would like to, I would like to suggest that Princess Megan may be a part of the Woman Evolved delegation, an honorary member of the Woman Evolved delegation. And we welcome you, Princess Megan. 
all right? And, and all of that magic that you sprinkle constantly down our timeline, okay? Faye says she's an undercover ratchet like us. Yes, Harry is very ratchet in real life. He is, and I have seen, see, you got to know when people be telling, the partners are always a reflection in some capacity. See, so y'all think I'm ratchet a little bit, but my husband, hoo, 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 trust me, believe me when I tell you, we are equally yoked. And I just believe that somewhere underneath that, that Megan likes to eat French fries, that when Megan's weave gets it, that she pat it just like, I don't want to mess up the headphone, but that she got a, a weave pat for those of you for those of my fair skin listeners who don't understand the weave and wig struggle, you know, we braid our hair down before we get these magnificent locks sewn or or glued or placed onto our heads. But you can't always mess up the braids. And sometimes you can't exactly get to the scalp. And so what you have to do is you got to patch your head. And when you patch your head, a glory is released that helps your itch to go away. Praise the Lord for all of my head patting shoddies listening, okay? I want to know, Stacey says she's bad and bougie in a good way. Amen. Sometimes you got to be a little bit of both, okay? Shawnee says she definitely eat the fries and pass that weave. And that's it. Hail Mary to Princess Megan, our undercover ratchet French fry eating weave patent princess. Thank you, God, for allowing us to live to see a day where we can relate to a UK princess. We bless you. Thank you. All right, so that's Hail Mary or Rat Tail Comb. Rebecca ain't never lied. Some, and don't get the little metal rat tooth because that metal rat tooth will not be denied. It will get right up underneath them braids. But um, amen. Okay, we got real, we got real cultural right there for a second. So Princess Megan is our Hail Mary. I thought another Hail Mary worth us mentioning is Carrie Hilson, who opened up about a depression that she experienced. I really thought that this was uh, something worthy of us just, you know, giving big ups and props to her about. She said that at the height of her career that she was experiencing some things that no one knew about, which is just such a word to anyone who sees someone's name in lights and sees someone succeeding, that you never really know what's going on on the inside. She says she's coming out of it. She's not 100%, but she's certainly not where she was. And I think that anytime we have an opportunity to just celebrate another woman's vulnerability, especially when it comes to mental health, especially when it comes to mental health in the African-American community that we should rally and support her. So Hail Mary to Carrie Hilson. Thank you so much for sharing your heart and your experiences and allowing those who have been struggling with depression to know that they are not in it on their own. Candy must have seen that story. She says, Carrie was brave for sharing. So, so true. Let's see what else our people are saying about Carrie Hilson and her Admitting Narcissa said depression is real, but God is able for sure. I try to really be, you know, um, careful because obviously I believe in the power of prayer. I know that God can change lives. I've received testimonies from people who were in depression and were constantly in church and, you know, received a word or a mindset or perspective shift that really helped them to come out of their depression. And so I definitely think that depression, the battle to winning depression, sometimes it is in just, you know, getting in a good, getting in the word and making sure that your heart is open to receiving that word. And then other times I just think that people need permission to say I need help. People need permission to say that I'm in trouble. Our church at the Potter's House of Denver has a counseling department. And so I think that it's necessary that we allow 
people space, especially within church to say, yes, we prayed. Yes, you received the word. But now we also want to make sure that if you need to go to counseling, there's nothing wrong with that, you know? So uh, my husband just logged in. He said, I love you, Chad. I love you too, baby. Sorry. They can edit that out if they want to, but that's my man's. I had to give him some props. I love you too, baby. Okay, so Jennifer says, please explain Hail Mary to me. Trying to fully understand. Just chimed in. Jennifer, I'm glad you asked. So we have a portion of the show called Rescue Eve, and we know that Eve and Mary had the most intimate relationship with God in the Bible. And so Eve, though she ended up making a decision that got her kicked out of the garden, she also realized God's grace and received a promise that what was hurting her in that moment would not hurt humanity long-term because there would be a Mary. And so I believe that there is a divine connection between Eve and Mary. And so in the show, we highlight an Eve that needs to be rescued, and then a Mary who is really walking and manifesting the promise. So that's what Hail Mary is about. And our Hail Mary so far has been Princess Megan and Carrie Hilson. Last but not least, I would like to give a Hail Mary to Kathy Hughes. Kathy Hughes is the founder of Radio One and Television One. If you're not familiar with her, I highly encourage you to do some research. She was a teen mother who went on to build an incredible empire. Anyone who's done anything in radio, television, film, or have desires to, and um, especially as a woman or a minority, I highly suggest that you just fill your mind with people who have been able to break barriers. Kathy Hughes is one of them. Kathy Hughes made a rare on-air morning show appearance for a local Radio 1 station in the DMV area. Are you all familiar with Danny Starr and DJ Quicksilver? And I think the other DJ is 5'9". Maybe you don't live in the DMV area, but you did hear the story about a woman who was a, a co-host, rather, on the show, Danny Starr, who was ambushed by her co-host. Child, it's a long story. All right, here's the thing. I don't know if y'all heard the story. I'm going to try and tell y'all the story, but Google can tell you anything better than I can. Okay, so here's the thing. Um so Danny Starr made a statement on the show that she wasn't going to hire this babysitter because the babysitter was fine and she don't have time for somebody fine to be walking around the house while she walking around with her bonnet on. I understand. I'm not judging. Okay. And then they brought the girl whose resume she rejected into the studio to kind of confront her on pretty girls being discriminated against. And once again, it took a turn for the worse. I don't think anyone could have anticipated that things would have blown up the way that they did, um, but they did. I wanted to give a Hail Mary to DJ Quicksilver. He's one of the co-hosts who ambushed Danny Starr. His wife called in, and she wasn't having it. She got him right on together on air. Some people are saying it was all a prank. It was all something that was set up. I don't know. I watched the video. Danny Starr did not look like she was there to play any games. And she about went off. She held herself together. Can I tell you that? Because she, it was a part where she had to really remind herself, like, you know what? I'm not even about to let them drag me back into anything that is lower than where I am right now. Because you could tell that she made a conscious decision to not go there with them because she thought about sometimes, mm, it's a word. 
Sometimes you have to remind yourself, I have been delivered from that. I'm not going to go back. But you have to let the saints know you almost got them hands that quick. But DJ Quicksilver's wife, she needs to be Hail Mary because she called him right on together. And she was talking about how messed up it was. Basically, she was like, you know better and you don't do nobody like that. And that was a blessing. But I also wanted to give a Hail This episode is really ratchet. I'm sorry. Um, but I wanted to give a Hail Mary to Kathy Hughes because she came on the air with Danny Starr as a show of solidarity and um, to just kind of stand up for her and the radio station and to really say that, you know, she was a valuable team member and that they wanted to do whatever they could to make it work. But, all right. I feel like I've been ratchet for about 51 full minutes. And I wanted to move on to some uplifting encouragement. All right. So I have an advice question that I would love to hear my Facebook Live audience's perspective on. It's a long one, but it's worthy of us taking a minute and really digesting. This one, this person slid into my DMs. They in the 99 plus on Instagram. And I just wanted to answer this. And I would love your feedback if you're watching on Facebook Live or if you're listening on the podcast, leave me a comment on the Woman Evolved page and let me know your thoughts and perspectives on this question. It says, hi, First Lady Sarah. First of all, can I call you sis? Because you high key already my sister in my head. Hey, child. But that's not the point. I tune in regularly to the Woman Evolve podcast on my way to work. And my God, it has snatched my whole existence together. But I do have something I would like to ask you. Here it goes. I have a guy friend that I've been talking to for the past few weeks. We've known each other since our high school years, but lost contact after we graduated. On my birthday this year, he reached out to me to say happy birthday, and from there, the conversation has been consistent and great. Eventually, I found myself liking someone I thought I never would. Here's the cliffhanger. I asked him about his faith recently, and since we've graduated high school, he has departed from the Christian community. Well, there goes the equally yoked part. But I listened to him. No judgment was passed because I know what it's like to run away from my faith. I feel so many people who proclaim to love and follow Christ point fingers and slander the unknown. Kind of like in Pocahontas when homegirl had to check John Smith for calling her a savage because she wasn't like him. is a word. <laughs> he explained some events that pretty much equates to church hurt. I feel God placed him in my life to maybe show him what real Christ-like love is outside of the walls of the church. Besides just being a witness through our friendship, what else can I do in a generation that wants tangible proof of faith? How do we, as modern women of faith, encourage the brokenhearted and lost? Can you help? I hope we get to speak soon. So I know that was long, but I do think that we need to take a minute and really digest this conversation. Maybe you're just tuning in or you weren't fully paying attention and you want to know what is the bottom line. She wants to know in a generation that wants tangible proof of faith, how do we as modern women of faith encourage the brokenhearted and lost? Can you help? Question mark. I think that this is a valuable question that we have to constantly be willing to ask ourselves. So as a modern woman of faith, I think the best way that we can encourage people who want tangible proof of faith is to become that tangible proof of faith. 
by doing exactly what you're doing, by showing that Christ-like love, by sharing your experiences and how your mindsets has shifted and changed over the course of the years. I believe that you give people an opportunity to grow and share their experiences as well. Sometimes we can be so disappointed that someone doesn't believe the way that we believe that we pressure them into seeing things our way. Any person that receives pressure is may end up having a, a backlash at you because you tried to pressure them into something that wasn't authentic to them. The best, most powerful relationship with God are those with God are those that are forged in their own authentic experiences and encounters. And so the more that you can be an authentic encounter and experience of God's love, the more likely they are to become more curious about how you live your life from day to day. The more that you share how you came out, listen, church hurt, who has not been hurt by church, okay? I'm not trying to chop it up and say that you should get over it because some church hurt is very, very serious. But I think that we have to constantly make sure that we are making our minds, our hearts, and our souls live in the consciousness of church hurt has nothing to do with God. It's just unfortunate because you experience church hurt in the same place that you're looking to experience God. And it's hard to separate your encounter in the environment with the reality of the experience that you had with God. So I believe that it's important for us to really make sure that as we are working through our church hurt, that we draw a line between people and God and recognizing that people who often did things in God's name did not do so with God's permission and authority. And so I believe as we draw those separations that we also have an opportunity to help other people. The other thing I was saying, child, because I can tell you feeling them, and I, I just want to say this, child, until you guys can be on the same page about faith and who God is, I want you to guard your heart because you know the will of the Lord. You know who God is for you and you know what church represents for you and you can understand where he is. But just because you can understand where he is doesn't mean that you all can move forward. It's a word. Sometimes we get trapped in this idea of because I understand how he became the way that he became, then I can save him and I can help walk him into a higher consciousness of truth. I just want to, to warn against that because authentic change is the most powerful change and you don't want to continue to give your heart to a situation that doesn't reflect what you know to be truth in hopes that it will one day change. But who am I? Let's see. What else everyone else is saying on Facebook? Wanda Baylor says, hold people accountable for their actions and stop blaming God for people's action. It's necessary. You know, it's it's easier said than done because there is an inherent trust that comes with dealing with people in church. But the reality is that people are people and they may disappoint you. And we have to fight to make sure that their disappointment doesn't become our perception of who God is. Regina Davis says, we're the lights pointing to him. So true. Aisha says, no, you cannot save him. Yeah, that's the that's my big thing is I just wanted you to not be in a position where you feel like I'm going to be able to save him and help him see the light. It's noble to want to be there and to show him, you know, a better way, but you need to guard your heart in the process. 
Candy Ashton said he isn't whole and she has to take her time. She must take her time and allow him to grow. Romance isn't the focus here. Yeah, I agree with you, Candy. Now, my girl didn't say that they was necessarily romantic, but I know us. And I know whenever we get to talking to somebody and the conversation is good and flowing, that we want to make something more than what it is. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves to not let our emotions blind us from the facts. And the facts are that you guys want to be on the same page about who Jesus is. You want to be on the same page about what functioning in that relationship with God looks like from a day-to-day. How is it demonstrated in your actions and reactions? And so it is imperative that before this talking, because y'all talking, this sound like a situationship to me, okay? In this situationship, you want to make sure that you, you got someone who's healthy, okay? So make sure that you produce some boundaries, amen? Aisha says, guard your heart, baby. Guard your heart, please. I've been there. I've done that. I have the t-shirt, souvenir mugs, phone (laughs) phone fingers, and mugs. It isn't what you want, boo. It's not what you want. I don't know if if they go together, as we used to say. But just in case, we wanted to make sure that you do take care of your heart and make sure that you're staying mindful of the reality that you are just a person on a journey and that you can't save anybody, even though you may want to. I'm going to move into my snack because I realize that I've been talking a lot, okay? And I'm excited about this snack because it's one that speaks to me personally. And that snack that I want to share has to do with the reality of feeling fear. And as I was praying before I hit live on Facebook Live or record on the computer, I asked God, you know, like, what is it that you would like for us to know? What is it you would like for us to meditate on as we bring this episode to a close? And I really feel like God is really making sure that that we know as we pursue our purpose and our passion, as we pursue wholeness and healing, that fear is going to be a part of the journey. Fear is not an indictment on your passion. I'm going to say that again. Fear is not an indictment on your passion. Just because you feel fear, it doesn't mean that you are unqualified. It doesn't mean that you're not going to be able to do it. It it doesn't mean any of those things. Fear is a part of the journey. The reality is that we have to make a decision, though, when we feel that fear, and that is to decide whether or not we're going to allow that fear to control our next move. But I really feel like that you know, so many of us, as I see just like in my comments and on Facebook and and as I connect with family members are in situations that can be scary. Not that they aren't purpose, not that they aren't fulfilling, but they're scary. The fear of failure, the fear of rejection, the fear of getting it wrong can often make us begin to second guess what we believe we're called to do. And I just want this to serve as a reminder that if you don't feel fear, then you're not stepping in faith. If all you experience is the assurance of, I got this, then you're doing something that doesn't require you to be vulnerable, that doesn't require you to expose an idea, to expose a feeling or an emotion. And so you don't have anything to be afraid of. But for those of us who are trying to do the best that we can in uncharted territory, in places that we've never been before, on stages that we've never been in, in relationships that we've never been in, there can be this idea of fear being a sign that maybe we're making the wrong decision. 
And I just wanted to talk to whoever that is today. And I wanted to remind you that you're going to feel fear, but fear does not have to become your reality. You can make fear your audience. I love when I hear people saying that on Instagram or on Twitter. Sometimes you have to make a decision that fear is going to be your audience. One of my advice questions that I didn't get to today, someone asked me how long it took me to stop getting nervous when I am about to speak. And the truth is that I still get nervous when I'm about to speak because I take so seriously the call. I take so seriously the ability to share what God has given me with thousands of people. And it is exposing my thoughts. It's exposing my vocabulary. It's exposing my theology. It's it's a serious part of uh, the, of preaching is really being vulnerable, especially when you desire to be effective. You share your stories. And the reality is that sometimes you do that afraid. But what helps me is when I feel that fear and I do it anyway. I do it if my hands are trembling. I do it if my voice is shaking. And I do it until faith outweighs the fear. It's a word. There are moments, you can go back and listen to my videos where I, you can hear, if you listen to your girl, you can hear your girl being nervous. I'm talking fast. My breathing is weird. There's, you know, just this something that has a hold of me, this fear, this these nerves, this anxiety that has a hold of me. And then there is a moment where I begin to fully rest in the word. And I fully trust and fully surrender that I am in the right room with the right word and that no one else could do what God has called me to do in that moment but me. And that's when God just really takes complete control. If you do it, even when you're afraid, there will be a moment where your fear no longer has a hold of you because faith has pushed you and propelled you into the realm of impossible. What is the realm of impossible? It's that I can do all things through Christ mentality. It's nothing can stop me unless I allow it to. It is the realm where no weapon formed against you can prosper. But the truth is, in order to get to that realm, you have to be willing to confront the giant that is fear. Make fear your audience and put on one heck of a show. Woman Evolved Delegation is behind you, cheering for you. We want to see you win. Karina Guilford says, do it until faith outweighs the fear. Tamika Buckley says, thank you so much. I so needed to hear that. Jennifer Presswood said, God is calling me to do so much. I guess I will just keep praying. But Kenya says, you're preaching. And Claudia says, word came through right on time. Praise the Lord. We're going to take our win, take our rescues, take our Hail Marys, take our advice, pack up our toys, and head on out. This has been episode 10 of Woman Evolve Podcast, and I hope you're subscribed or leaving us a review because we want you to let other people know how this podcast is touching you. You know, before we leave, we got to have a word of prayer. So God, I thank you for giving us the grace to come together and to be real and to be authentic and to create, if only for an hour and a few minutes, a safe place where we can talk about things that we see in the news, the vulnerabilities of our heart, and the reality of our commitment to pushing forward. God, I thank you for every listener and every person who's tuned in to this podcast. You know exactly the plans that you have for them. You know how this current worry is going to work out for their good. So God, I'm asking that you would give them peace that you would give them grace, that you would give them humility, and most importantly, 
God, give them rest. Give them rest and assurance, knowing that they are exactly where they are supposed to be on this journey, that they are lacking nothing, and that they don't have to be desperate for anything but to know that they are connected to what you're doing in this earth. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Have you told your people about Woman Evolve? I think it's about time that they are in on your little secret. Make sure you share this week's episode with all of your friends and start the conversation about this week's hot topics and how we are learning to evolve.